everyone, and welcome to the uh, NPR edition of the Kingdom Hearts podcast. Stop that. We're going to have the uh, the, the whole the whole podcast just just with me talking no, like we're this. No, um, So I <laughs> I can't I can't do it. No, you, you, you can't. can't do it. You can't. You're not allowed to do that again because you sound I and look try. very stupid. When I you're can try. Like. What do you mean? You, you you don't like me talking in in the in the NPR voice? This is also known as Demix's bedroom voice. <laughs> no, <laughs> bad, <laughs> bad. Look at that! You made me peek the mic. I didn't make you do anything. Maybe if you weren't whispering, you wouldn't have peeked the mic when you got confused out of it. Hello, everyone. <laughs> this is still a totally serious and one hundred percent not funny podcast. We're back again. I'm D, and I'm Helen. And let's get straight into the biz. Before we do, though, we do have a little guest with us this week. My parents' dog is visiting, so if you hear weird panting or, like, licking noises, it's him. Because he won't leave us. He wants to be right here. He wiped his nose on my pants recently. He's like, a very good boy. Yeah, like two minutes ago. He's a very good boy, though. Anyway, shall, shall we jump into the KH biz? Yes. That we are so proficient in? Right, whatever. <laughs> So, uh, in Kingdom Hearts news, again... <laughs> I'm sorry, the dog's... <laughs> the dog's itching himself on your bra! <laughs> Focus! <laughs> I'm sorry if this is the entire podcast. Helen can't breathe, so I'm gonna talk. In Kingdom Hearts news, um, if you... <laughs> If you have been keeping up, um, there is some very pretty Kingdom Hearts jewelry that has been released. Um, they have rings, necklaces, um, and I think bracelets? I can't remember. And now she knows what she wants for an engagement ring, and now I have to, like, actually, like, get one at some point. Fuck. You're not expected to. But they're really cute. Um, there's, one of the rings kind of has, like, the kingdom key just on one side sort of wrapped around it. It looks pretty cool. Um, oh shoot, I forgot to translate this. Um, oh yeah, a new, uh, figure arts of Sora, yeah, it's a cage to Sora, in his normal outfit, is supposed to be released soon, according to, wow, I don't know what that is. Um, it's got a really long Japanese name and we can link it in the description. Yes, I will definitely link, I'll link all these products in the description, um, at this coming San Diego Comic-Con, <clears throat> there will be a Kingdom Hearts pin set available at Monogram, Monogram Direct's booth. Uh, it looks like there is a Sora, a Mickey, a Kingdom Hearts logo, uh, I don't know why they put the Lionheart Keyblade in there, a Heartless symbol, and the Way to Dawn Keyblade. So I don't know if that's the only thing- oh, apparently according to this little infographic, only 500 made! So, it says retail price 30 I don't know if they're going to mark that up to con prices, but we'll see. $30, or if con prices, $60. Yeah, really. Um, there are... Uh, uh, Square Enix Europe has also released other figures f for pre-order. There is a Roxas. A very good Roxas. A Kingdom Hearts 3 Sora with, like, crossbows, crossbows or something. <clears throat> this is the merch podcast now, everybody. Yes, Kingdom Hearts merch, where we only talk about merch. Obviously, you know, we're too small to be sponsored, but, you know. Um, an Aqua, and a Riku. The Riku's hot. Oh my god. I'm sorry. <clears throat> um, and if you have 
1.5 plus 2.5 for PS4. Um, there was a patch that was released, and if you're not playing it regularly, you know, just to keep you up to date. And in Kingdom Hearts Orchestra news, since the two <coughs> New York shows were this past week, the Kingdom Hearts Orchestra World Tour CD is available um, through the Square Enix online store, and we will definitely be linking that in the description. Are you going to buy that? I'm thinking about it. Oh, sorry guys, if I'm burpy, it's because I was laid up and real sick. We had and like hella, nasty, hella gastroenteritis. It was <gasps> not fun and not great and do not recommend and we're really lucky that we're okay in time for the podcast. Yeah. Um, moving on, we have a couple messages that we got in our Tumblr from... Nordrays. Nordra- Nordrays, thank you. I'm you- better at words than you. Yes. Um, first message says, hey guys, I'm really enjoying the podcast. You, you're doing a great job and I hope you keep it going because it's so tiring to have a billion podcasts about stuff I dig, but they're all run by dudes. Also, I wanted to mention about Nominee and Xion, I feel like... They're kind of both versions of the same thing, in that Nominate is made from Kairi's heart via Sora's heart, and Shion <coughs> sorry, and Shion is made from the version of Kairi, i.e. Sora's memories of her, that already existed in Sora's heart. And you said, you said uh, I hope that makes sense, and yeah, I get what you're trying to say. You know, they're basically two versions of what Kairi's nobody would be is what I got from that. Yeah, because Kyrie herself does not have a, like a, a nobody per se because her heart well she never became a heartless. She just it was it was tagging along for the ride with Sora. Yeah, when he was turned into a heartless in Hollow Bastion. And um you also sent us a second message um for a content suggestion, which thank you, it's much appreciated. And it's definitely something I can go off of because I am the longtime Kingdom Hearts fan. I've been in this fandom for uh, 10 plus years, which is far too long. <laughs> and you suggested anecdotes or something along those lines. And, oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. I have a lot of anecdotes. Actually, when I'm I was. ready to suffer. When I was um, <clears throat> driving home. Oh no. Tonight, um, stuck in traffic as per usual, there was unfortunate roadkill of a poor deer, and I felt Ew. sad. And. It, like, five minutes later, I thought of the fact that one of my first forays into fanfic was through my friend Jason. Oh, boy. Who sent me Kingdom Hearts fanfics, not knowing that they were, you know, what uh, the people of we we olden times called lemons. Oh, God. He, which Jason means, sent you lemons? You were, like, ten. I was, like, twelve. But okay, I was but in also, school. Jason, if you're listening... This is all your fault. He knows that. We've been over this. <laughs> but ba- basically what it was, there was one part in one of the fics um, where... It got a little citrusy? So, no, no. Sora and Riku <laughs> were driving to go meet someone, and they hit a squirrel. And Sora insisted <laughs> that they stop and pull over Why and have a funeral for the squirrel. And he named it Sandy from Spongebob. What the fuck? And I don't know why I remembered this, but I believe this is also one of the people that I was, one of my uh, sort of longtime internet friends who I don't know what happened to them now at this point, but we were fanfic buddies. And if you hear this, hi, we, we, she misses you. <laughs> their, their pen name was Riku Stalker. <laughs> 
And and we won't we won't call you out for coming forward for that. We all had some weird names going on in the early two thousands. Yeah, so. but no, I remember that, and I followed a lot of their fics, and we talked a lot. But no, that that was one of the first fics I read, and I just don't know why. Oh, <laughs> I God. really wonder if we're gonna be able to hear the dog itching. Yeah, himself he's in like the scratching his jowls, so maybe <laughs> no, I'll be able to edit that. His paws, like in the vicinity of his eyeball. Right oh. Now. Okay, well, maybe we'll, I'll be able to edit that out and post But if not, but... you can enjoy the sounds of our dog itching himself. Yeah. Um, fuck, where was I? Squirrel. Rogue oh, yeah. Sandy. Cheese. Yeah. I just thought it was hilarious that that's the first thing I thought of, and it just, it brings back memories <laughs> of I'm, my first Kingdom Hearts fake. I'm concerned. Why? That's concerning. I mean... You know, I can see Sora stopping to insist on a funeral for a squirrel, though. I really yeah. can. <laughs> I, I just remember when I read that, I thought it was so funny and so Sora, and then I saw that deer, and I was like, yeah, Sora. Are we gonna have, have a funeral for the next squirrel that dives and suicides under our car? I have yet to ever have any victims of roadkill to my car, so I hope not. Knock on wood. Please don't knock on the desk. Too late. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so there's that. Maybe Number one fandom anecdote. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe next week I'll think of something, you know, funnier. So, do we want to move on to our normal yes. character analysis time? Yes. All right. Let me add some air to the bag. Now, since I'm a short-term <sighs> Kingdom Hearts fan in comparison, I uh, do not have anecdotes. However, I can tell you that like the first exposure I had to Kingdom Hearts. Through her, it's, it's all her fault. Um, I believe it was when she was just crying about Birth by Sleep, and I had no idea what she was talking about, and she was like, oh my god, you're playing all the games as soon as you come over here next. Reach into the magical bag of wonders. Can't grip the fucking paper. Oh my god. Riku! Really? Yeah! Oh, okay, we just keep getting all these, well, I guess everyone in this bag is technically a major character. Lushu is not a major character. Not yet! Oh wait, I see Zexion's name. I know I have Hainer, Pence, and Olette in here, because they're technically... What a... Anyway, Riku! Anyway. Riku! A boy! When I first got into Kingdom Hearts, I really hated him. Yeah, I, I can see that. What? How? I mean... Again, you were, like, 12. Re I would have hated Riku when I was 12, too. I didn't like him. He was mean to Sora. And I was like, mm -mm, But yes, hot or I'm not. Stand. Okay. Cage 1 Riku. No, no. I'm sorry. He, no. he doesn't do it for me. Mm -mm. Cage 2 Riku. Nice. Is, uh, very nice. nice. I would put him at a 9. Yep. Same. Yep. And, uh, Dream Drop. Riku, I kind of wish he hadn't cut his hair. Yeah, I kind of put R Dream Drop Riku's at a solid, like, a seven. I was just say, like, a seven haircut. and a half. Yeah. yeah. But, but he's still a good boy. And he's he's still a good boy, and yes, he's very tall. Which is nice. And I am weird, and I still think that the possibly hottest thing he could ever have done was walk around with a fucking blindfold on, because I'm a fucking tool. Because his eyes couldn't lie. <laughs> Yeah, and then he turned into a different sexy silver-haired man. No. No, no. Uh, uh, no, no. Uh, uh, no, no, we're not going there. We are going we're there. We're not going there Do you yet. know what I said the first time I saw Ansem on screen? Okay, like Kingdom Hearts 1 antagonist Ansem. Oh my god. I literally believe I said the phrase, 
hello daddy i'm pretty sure like is that not what i did i don't remember and now i don't want to remember. i'm pretty sure that's what happened <laughs> anyway Jesus. i have problems <laughs> but that will be addressed in semnicism analysis <laughs> <laughs> yeah <Fuck>. well <laughs> okay but um um no but seriously have we seen kh3 riku yet at all um no i don't think so but um all that aside, I have really grown to appreciate Riku as a character. I really like him as an anti-hero type. <laughs> the dog is licking his dick, everybody. Just keeping you all updated. And I, I think he has really developed in Kingdom Hearts 1, you know, I sort of understand what he was trying to do. Yeah, I mean, Riku does have very, very good character development overall. Oh, he yeah. has a really strong character arc, and, um, I love Riku. Yeah. He definitely has, <laughs> has a lot more character development, I think, than Sora does just as a whole. And, you know, because with Sora, we have just this kind of role... Okay. Oh, Jesus, what? Well, the problem is I can't talk! I just made up a word. <laughs> he has this general kind of plateau of happy-go-lucky... Well, there's also the fact whatever that, that, boy. That, that he's like that. Sora is like that for a reason, which well, is yeah. that he's the protagonist. You are kind of supposed to project yourself onto Sora because you're playing the game. That's, like, the point of a protagonist character in a game like this, well, unfortunately. I mean, technically a protagonist in Not the chain of memories. Not to that Sora and... is whatever. He's not a protagonist to the degree that Sora is. And Sora, it's been made very clear, is kind of a vessel for things. And Riku was forced to be a vessel for bad things that he did not want. That's true. And, like, if we're gonna talk about Sora being a vessel in regards to anything, I think talking about it particularly in regards to Ven, he did that willingly. Cash, stop it! The dog you means cash, nasty. everybody. And he's, like, got his tongue all over his unmentionables You're right nasty. now. nasty. And now he's looking at her like, how could you make me take my mouth away from there? Anyway. Anyway, dogs are gross and we love them. Um, but Riku. Riku is not a dog. He's, he's a good boy, gross. but he's not a dog. Still gross. He's gross in his decision making. He makes bad decisions, is what and, we and mean. He, I'm sorry, but Kingdom Hearts 1 Riku, like, I legitimately think that he was a little snot. Oh, oh, definitely. For, like, the he whole was a game. little brat. What a little shithole. Honestly. Um, I mean, and good character development. Like, if you make a character who's that much of a little punk ass bitch in the first game and actually manage to get him to evolve into a genuinely good, likable person. Yeah. He's a very good example of strong character building because he has a lot of flaws and he acknowledges them and he, he visibly works on them throughout the games. He is visibly fighting his inner demons, literal and fictional, I guess. Literal and figurative. Literal and figurative. There we go. There we yeah, go. Yeah, but, you know, he, he does um, noticeably have development that, um, I'm trying to figure out the, the word I'm looking for here. The development good. of his character is good. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, we see a little bit of it at the end of Kingdom Hearts 1, but really, you know, when he's, like, fighting against fake Ansem, like, no, you're not gonna use me for this! Take so take Kyrie and run! <laughs> Sorry. I really do like Riku, I promise! But in the first game, you thought he was but a But he's a bitch! Shit. I yeah. thought he was a bitch! I mean, you know how 12 I still think he's a little are. bitch. He's a little bit of a bitch. 
but he's he's 14 no 15 in that game i'm sorry but well no i mean 12 year olds as in the people playing the game i you yeah you know i mean i don't know about you but when i was like 12 i was under the impression that all teenagers were either nice or they were the spawn of satan even though i did not know what that was because they're not sheltered but I, I, I would have, like, I straight up would have been like, I don't like Riku and I want him to die because that was how I was when I was 12. I hated a lot of people and I have a lot of issues. I didn't want him to die. No, but, like, didn't Riku like him. in particular, Damn. no, but Riku in particular in the first game really did remind me some of his behavior towards Sora in particular reminded me of a lot of, uh, very unpleasant people who have taken advantage of me. Fair so, enough. I mean, um, you his know. His behavior they're... is not great. He's a very bad friend. In the first game? Yeah, I mean, in the beginning, he's he's okay, but he, even then, he's still very antagonistic towards Sora. And everyone else, you know, I think it didn't help my uh, liking of him, because everyone else on the island also put Riku up on this pedestal. Like, there's that part where Titus is like, oh yeah, we took Riku on 3-1 to one yesterday, and he whipped us all. I bet you're still no match for him. Good like, thing Kyrie can always count on him or something. And it's like, thanks, like Titus. That. And it's like, okay, fuck you. Now I'm going to beat your ass out of spite. And I did. But I was never really, I, I, I know I didn't play the games as early as you did because you hadn't played the games, but I could not beat Riku at fucking anything. Yeah. I just, I w- it made me really mad. Well, I, I can't really beat him at anything. I think I've only beaten him a handful of times in his, like, the little fighting in the first game. Right. But, but like, it's just, like, the problem that I have with Kingdom Hearts 1 Riku is that he's very much the schoolyard bully popular kid thing going on the whole time. Yeah. Pretty much. And that, for me personally, that really bothers me. But, um, I'm really, like, it makes me really happy to see Riku get past that, because the people that I knew who behaved like that towards me and towards other people have not grown out of it, and I do not believe at this point that they will, because by this point they're 25 years old. But yeah, I mean, I think the thing that triggers his, um, his growth is, um, Chain of Memories, because, you know, we talked about it a little, I think it was last, yeah, last episode. Um, he basically follows Sora there, whether intentionally or not, um, because he's trying to find his, he was trying to get out of the realm of darkness with Mickey, and Mickey, you know, helps him along through Castle Oblivion, but... But there's only so much even Mickey can do. Yeah, and Riku is trying to find, to catch back up with Sora, because he doesn't know what's going on with Sora, as far as he knows, you know, he may be back on the island with Kairi. And I think you can actually pinpoint the, the moment it starts to really hit um, Riku. What do you mean? The way he needs to change, like, how he behaves and who he is is when he runs into Repliku the first time. I don't think it's think so it's... much Repliku. I think it's more the manifestation of Ansem oh, that yeah. approaches him. Okay, yeah, that that's a better That we learn one. at the end of the game is a product of Diz who wants to keep forcing him to make decisions. Make a decision to do this. Make a decision to do that. Um, Thanks, Which Diz. path are you going to take? Light or dark? And Riku says, fuck you, I'm taking the middle road. Which is good, you know. It's it's um. I hate to bring in the Star Wars analogy, but oh here I go. Anyway, it's it's a it's a he's a gray Jedi basically, and don't cringe at me because I don't know as much about this as I probably could. But you know, he's not doing that whole. There is only power, 
darkness and anger nothing which is what Zenus is kind of doing I'm one with the force the force is with me and he's not doing that okay actually no actually that's Sora's very much a Jedi in the Luke Skywalker kind of way you know but um like he's a good genuine good boy and then you have Riku who's kind of both but also neither and it, it actually does make me think of Chirrut so thank you for that because because he's very much well Chirrut's very much you know that the I am one with the force the force is with me blah 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 he uses it but he also relies on it does that make sense and Riku at one point relied on that darkness a little bit and yeah, well he's He's trying not to, that's the thing. No, well, at this point in the timeline, Riku has learned to channel that into something he can use for himself, which is part of the reason why I think he passed his Mark of Mastery exam and Sora did not, but there's also other reasons for that. And yeah. we'll get to that later, but, um... Oh god, what was I gonna say? But, yeah, I think the thing is, he... He started to have to see that he had to change if he ever wanted to completely get rid of Ansem, or fake Ansem, that was having a hold on his heart. Getting rid of the evil axe. Yes, getting rid of one of the evil axes. Because, you know, at the end of Chain of Memories, Nominate offers to lock away that part of his heart and says, you know, you'll have to go to sleep like Sora does, so I can take care of that for you. And instead of choosing that and just having to never deal with it again, Riku goes, no, I would rather face this myself. And from there is when, you know, we see more of that change. Which is really good. It's it's Riku's not choosing the easy road. No, He's not choosing at all. the one that will work. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so we start to see that change, and we see more of it in, I've been replaying 358, um, but you see Riku is trying to do what is best for everyone. He's trying to make sure Sora can sleep so his memories are restored. He's trying to talk to Shion. Oh my god. Sorry, guys. <laughs> he's trying No, he's trying to talk to Shion so um, she, she will do the right thing, you know, and return her portion of Sora's memories so Sora can help wake up and all that. And, you know, obviously he doesn't get to Roxas, but he fights Roxas in some attempt to do that same sort of thing. But it doesn't exactly work, because Roxas is a stubborn fuck. Yeah, and what's really interesting about Riku, though, is that he he's going for the best for everyone, but he, okay, at a certain point, he's doing it at expense of himself. Yeah, um, yeah, he's doing it at expense of himself. For a while, for, and then he, yeah. and then he stops doing it at the expense of himself. He factors himself into the equation. Yeah, so at first... Basically, what you're saying is he's making a sacrifice at first, and then he steps back later and goes, well, what about, I should think a little bit about myself, Because, too. you know, if, if I get hurt, if I, you know, damage myself doing this, I'm not going to be helpful to anybody. Yeah. Which makes sense, and because, you know, we also know Sora would not stand for any of that shit. Mm-mm. <laughs> I still don't really like how he acts, really, in 358, um, because he's still kind of a self-pretentious douche. And I felt like he was being a little uh, too forceful. I felt really bad that he was breaking up this friend group for Sora. But at the same time, I understood. Because I was kind of conflicted. Because I like Sora and Roxas. And when I first played 358, I didn't like Xion. So I was like, whatever, she can go fuck off. 
Um, and now she, you love her. Yeah, she got in the way of my yowies. Yeah, because you were one of those people. I was 12. Yeah, in your defense, you were 12 and you didn't know that you were a gay yet. I did not. Um, but, <laughs> and then in Kingdom Hearts 2, you know, he comes back again, no- near uh, the end of the game and we see that it's revealed you know all this time he's been doing all this stuff to try and help Sora who has also been trying to find Riku and do all this other stuff but you know the main point of Kingdom Hearts 2 is basically Sora's trying to find Riku and the king yeah am I right yeah pretty much you know he gets down on his knees and goes I looked everywhere for you. Why do you do this? And it's really gay. <laughs> Why do you do this? Because I'm funny. Funny looking. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Sorry, guys. You're gonna edit that out, too? Maybe. But, <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I just, honestly, Riku just has really good character development all around, um, in, drop. Well, I was gonna talk a little bit of rep. Well, no, I guess recoded doesn't really count since it's a data Riku. And we can talk about data Riku and Repliku at the same time, I think. Yeah, so. I, I, well, I don't know that I would talk about them at, about, at the same time, but Repliku is separated because he is a little different, but um, I think we will save data Riku for that portion for next time, I guess. Um, or whenever. Be, or, yeah, whenever we get to him. Because, um... There is a little bit to talk about about him, but his character doesn't really have too much of an effect on actual Riku's character development, I don't Mm -mm. think. Mm -mm. Nope. Yeah. But yeah, Dream Drop Distance, you know, we definitely see. If you have not played the game, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Spoilers. Riku basically is Sora's dream eater. This the whole game, you know, he's been working to protect Sora intentionally or not, even though. You know, he thinks they're both trying to pass their mark of mastery exam. And, and they are, but... Yeah, and then when it's revealed, by the time they get to, or, well, Riku gets to the world that never was, he's doing all this good to try and help his friend and try and stop these evil exes that are bent on doing... Many s- bad things. Yes, many bads. The bad. The very bads. Um... But yeah, and I think, you know, that's part of the reason why he passes. Um, so Because Sora has been just going through it this whole time, uh, doing pretty much exactly what he's told, which is not a bad thing, but he's not really questioning it, and I think that's part of the reason why he's influenced to fall asleep. Yeah, there's something to be said for questioning the rules. Yeah, and you'll remember that the exes were like, oh, well, we wanted... Riku as a vessel originally, um, but now he's basically fought off his own darkness and Sora. So now he's useless. Yeah, so now he's useless, and now Sora, we have you, and you fell asleep so easy, so we're gonna use you, and Riku's like, nah, fuck that, that's my boy, that's my friend. You know what you meant. (laughs) I know what I meant. his boy. Friend. His friend. His His friend. His boyfriend? No. Yes? It's not canon, it... I wish it was, but it's not. Well, uh, no <laughs> ship wars here. I mean, polyamory's a thing. Every ship is a good ship. True. Unless it's... Creepy. Yes. Unless it's illegal in some form, then please no. But anyway, that aside, any any 
parting words on Riku. I mean, you, you kind of get the clue that Riku's a dream eater, you know, when they change clothes in the start of the game, because he's got, you know, he's got a fucking dream eater symbol yeah, on his jacket. Yeah, but I asked you about that when you and were playing it, and you didn't recognize it. I, I didn't the most, recognize it. I am the most oblivious person in the world. Yeah, but I didn't recognize it when oh, I was so, playing so the I'm game. So I'm oblivious. No, I'm just kidding. I know I'm oblivious. But yeah, it's it's there, but you have to kind of know what it is. Yeah, you have to, like, be actively paying attention to the Dream Eater symbol, and, I mean, I wasn't. I only know the heart, Heartless symbol and, and the, the Nobody, nobody symbol. Because those are what you care because, about the most. Well, no, because they were around in, in a lot more games, and this was only in one game that I had played, and all I cared about were that the Dream Eaters were cute, and I wanted to pet them and feed them treats. Which you did. Yes. Impunity. Yes, I did. But yeah, um, Rika just, I don't know, he just has really good character development, and I hope he gets more character development um, in KH3. I, I hope he doesn't, like, I, the last thing I want for Riku is to see him flatline. I hope he's an option in that line. Oh. Yeah. The last thing I want is to see him flatline in terms of character development. That I really suck. don't think I will, and I'm really thinking Sora will um, have more character development Me as too. well. Um, maybe not too much, but... Just because, you know, there was some of that in Dream Drop. But, and again, I don't know, Sora still is a not really quite so much. Yeah, Sora's a protagonist. I don't think we're, um, There's not gonna be something super drastic with him as far yeah. as you know. Yeah, because... Riku had his drastic already. Yeah, and now, you know, he's kind of leveling out, getting to the place that he wants himself to be, which is a good thing. So, you know, we'll see where that leads us in Kingdom Hearts 3. Is yeah. that it? Yeah. Any... Any more words on Riku, on the silver boy? I love him. I love him, too. So, instead of doing worlds, <laughs> Helen's looking at me like I grew a second head because I didn't warn her about this. And what are you it's doing because, It's because I just thought about this, like, two seconds ago. Oh, dear. Why don't you tell us about your experience with the games and the fandom and everything, since you um, joined or got into it a lot more recently because of me. It was like, filtered through a U lens, first of all. Well. Um, and you're a shit because I'm one of those people who really, really hates it when I don't understand something and then no one will explain it to me. And when I, whenever I got confused about something, I'd be like, but what are this, what, what's going on? Who is that? What does this mean? And she'd just be like, you'll find out. And I, I hate that. I hate that. I kind of forced her to, angry. to play the games. I mean, yeah, I, I'm glad you did, but also, like, I really wish you'd told me stuff. Why? It's more fun to find it out on your own. You say that, but I like to know. I mean, but well, because no, I, mean, I, I also had you play the games in chronological order. Yeah, which actually did work a lot better for me, personally. It's yeah. kind of like how people are always saying, oh, you should watch Star Wars in release order and skip the first three, but I knew, since you hadn't ever seen it, the chronological order would make a lot more sense to you. Yeah. Even though the first one you saw was the seventh one. <laughs> but that's the point. But that made you want to watch the series that you hadn't even wanted to bother looking at before. Yeah. And I watched you play Birth by Sleep, and I liked fucking Ventus and Aqua and Terra so much, I was like, okay, fine, give me more. Yeah. Give I, me more. Uh, I had her start with just, you know, going into theater mode and watching all that stuff. And then, um, this is when we were still living, uh, long distance apart from each other. Which was sad. And... The, I think the next game you actually played was, um, uh, Union, or not Union Cross, um. No. Was it? 
Was it not that, or did you did you play? There was like a very long gap between when I actually played Birth by Sleep and when I got to play the other games. But I did start with Kingdom Hearts one after playing Birth by Sleep. Okay, I I don't remember. There was just a there was there was a prolonged gap of probably a solid six months or so. Um, because when I was at school and you were still in you know the hellhole from which you came, sort of. Thanks. Um, (laughs) You moved there when you were a kid. It's not your fault. It's a hellhole. Yeah. Um. But, Places will not be named for the sanctity of those who live there and can't get out. Yeah, but um, was there was there anything in the games that like any predictions? I guess you had that didn't come to fruition. Well, now that I think about it, actually, I just realized that I knew vaguely what Kingdom Hearts was beforehand. How do you mean? Like I'd seen it places and and. I, oh, you I, mean the game. Yeah, and I wasn't really one of those kids who got to play a lot of video games. Right. Um, we never owned any of the consoles except for the the Game Boy and the DS that Kingdom Hearts games came out on. Um, <coughs> thanks. So <coughs> I never... Sorry. <laughs> that was weak. Anyway. Anyway. Edit that out, please. But, um, so, I didn't really get to play the games, and I certainly didn't get to play the main games. I mean, I mostly played Pokemon as a kid, you get the idea, but, um... Even your mom didn't want you to play that. No, she didn't, but that's a different story that isn't involved in the podcast. So, 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 basically what I'm getting at is, I knew Kingdom Hearts existed, but I thought it was stupid. I was like, who wants to play a game with some Final Fantasy reject and Mickey Mouse? You know? <laughs> Seriously, that's what I thought. Don't look so I am a hurt. I was like twelve. <laughs> no, but like what I'm saying is I had a peripheral awareness of it, but because I was not exposed to it in any capacity other than looking at the ad in the GameStop going to pick up the Pokemon game I'd begged for like a week to get, and my mother rolling her eyes at literally everything in the entire store. I was like, well, I can't even bother getting into that. I know that my mother will think that's even stupider than everything else. Um, because, to me, it looked stupid. Because I used to have this big hang-up about graphics not matching. Like, like I had this thing. I was like, Mickey Mouse is not allowed to exist in the same universe as someone who looks like they're out of a Final Fantasy game. You're just not allowed. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's, it's a thing with me. It's not a thing anymore, but when I was that old, it was it was. It's a not thing. a thing anymore because the graphics in Port Royal fucked you over on no, that. No, dear, that's not it. But it it was a it was a it was a brain thing for me. No, it's okay. I um, so I never really wanted to play it, and I never, you know, felt like getting into it. And then it's your fault because you were adorable, and I was like, I really want to like the things that this person who is adorable likes. And I don't know how to do that. Fuck, why does it have to be video games? Because I can't get my hands on these, you know? Because <laughs> why would I ever be allowed to purchase a video game for a console that I would never be allowed to own because it was like, you know, what, $300 or so? For what, a PS2 or a PS3? Either, you know. It's, it's about right. I mean, but like, we're considering that my parents were not into me so much as getting a $40 Pokemon game ever, like, they're not going to let me buy a new console and games for it because they thought it was a waste of time. Which, you know, is not wrong entirely, but it's not right, you know. And I was restricted. But I'm glad that I got to play it, and as far as predictions that didn't really pan out, 
I was like ninety nine percent certain that that um. Yes. <laughs> what? No, I'm just trying to figure out how to phrase it. Um, I was really, really sure. I did not know what a raid boss was. I did not know what the uh, Heartless Beasts were. I was really sure that Riku was going to turn into a dark side. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! Anyway, I thought that the darkness would literally mean... Being consumed by the darkness literally meant turning into a... A giant heartless, basically. I thought. Well, I mean. Well, when I started playing Kingdom Hearts One, I assumed that the heartless in the beginning was Ansem. You know, I didn't know that that was his name, but I assumed that he that that thing was whatever the antagonist was because I frankly, dark sides still creep me the fuck out. Oh. They they scare the shit out of me. They have always scared the shit out of me, and that will never change. There's a bigger one in 358 that I for- totally forgot about until I had to go fight it. Or well, I don't know if it's supposed to be bigger or smaller, but it's called um, a dark follower, just like in 358. There's shadows, mega shadows, uh, Gygus shadows, neo shadows, and there's also nova shadows, which are like neo shadows, but bigger and purpler. Anyway, dark sides really scared me, and dark it's it's... Oh my god, the dog just farted. Oh no, why? Anyway. No, but... Dark side. So I was convinced... Sorry, I better wrap it up. No, I was convinced that the dark sides were, um... Spells really bad, guys. (laughs) I swear to god, here. Thank you. Cover your face. No, okay, so I... Because I was scared to death of dark sides and I hated fighting it, I was convinced that that was going to be the end game fight. And then it turned out to be much worse. Yes, because it Ansem turned is out to be much hooked worse. Hooked up to like some eldritch monster. No, he is an eldritch monster. First well, of all, um, but that's that's the other thing that scared me. I did not, frankly, I did not realize that the game could get that scary. I mean, it's not that scary, but you're talking to me. Okay, yeah, she's a big pussy. I'm <laughs> a big fucking baby, man. But, um, no, I, I was genuinely surprised by the way that the game interested me in it. Okay, I can breathe again. For free of the doggy stink. The doggy stench. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, sorry everybody, my dog is really big, um, he's, he's a good boy, but he's, like, six and he stinks. He's nasty. He's nasty. But, anyway. um, yeah, so, so yeah, for a very significant portion of the game, I thought the final boss was going to be a dark side. Yeah. I mean, it would have made sense, but at and, the same um, time... Well, when you fight the behemoth in the, um, inside of the dark portal, you know? Are you talking about in Holobash? Yes. Yeah. Um, I was like, okay, wait, shit, is this endgame? Is this endgame? Fuck, I think this is endgame. And she would not tell me that it was not. The only reason I figured it out is because she was sitting there with the giant shit-eating grin on her face, <laughs> not telling me a word, and I was like, oh, God, oh, God, this this isn't Endgame, then. Oh, fuck, but what if it is? Fuck. Oh, oh, oh. And so, um, I panicked. I, I died, like, five times trying to fight that thing. I hated it. I know, and you were on easy- no. Were you on easy or were you on standard? I was on beginner mode. Okay, yeah, you were on beginner mode. Because so. I'm, I'm bad at games. Yeah. But, um... You know, I did not realize that the protagonists and the antagonists, you know, were not... How do I say this? I did not realize that the antagonists were not necessarily monsters. What do you mean? 
like physical monsters. Physical or? monsters. So I was gonna say, uh, no. Let me. Xehanort's pretty fucking let, let beastly. Let me finish. Xehanort is beastly, and he's a terrible person. He's also a great character, but that will come when we discuss him. Um, what got me was that in a lot of games similar to Kingdom Hearts, like. Like Final Fantasy, actually, some of the worst bosses in the game are, you know, Sephiroth notwithstanding. <laughs> I I will never... I, I actually won't play the game... I won't play through the remaster the entire way when it comes out. I won't, because I can't stand the final Sephiroth fight at all. And I hate it, and no amount of fancy remastered graphics will make me do it. Which is probably a lie, we'll see. But, um, I, I just really hate the Sephiroth fight. But most of the really terrifying things that you fight in that game are not people. Fair enough. And that's what got me about Kingdom Hearts. When I was fighting all these terrifying things that very clearly were not people, the last thing I was expecting... Was to fight a people. Let me finish. But yes, it was to fight someone who was very clearly a person who, you know, a person who had gone wrong... Well, I mean, you know, it was you, weird. Well, um, I was expecting a monster, and what I got was an eldritch monstrosity that also had a human face. Yeah, I was gonna say because Zemnis in his final fight, he goes through several iterations. At least it's cool as fuck. Yeah, at least two of which are non-human. Right. What I mean. No, what about what, that? That that um. By then, I kind of expected it. Because, you know, I was like, okay, he's, he's related to, 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 you know, Kingdom Hearts 1 Ansem, who I still mm. just want to call Ansem all the time. <sighs> I'm sorry. <laughs> mm, anyway. But, um, I kind of expected that a little more with him. But even his most monstrous of forms, there's still a human sort of element to it. It's like, okay. Except the dragon. Except the dragon. Other than the dragon, but, like, I'm thinking of when you have to, like... When he's in the land chair. on the ship, he's... In, yeah, and that really reminds me of, of all things, it reminds me now... Beautiful fools, yeah. I think is what he says when he's yeah, sitting there. like that. Waving his stick. Stick. But of all things that that reminds me of now, like, thinking about it, it reminds me of a promo image I saw for Overwatch. Actually. Really? Yes. Uh, it was related to Reinhardt, I believe. Huh. Yeah, I, I don't know why, but it just, I, I'm reminded of it now, and I'm thinking about how, when I didn't know anything about Overwatch, I saw that particular promo image, I don't remember if I can find it anywhere, or if it was just like a screenshot or something, but I, I think it was of the mossy, the overgrown Eichenwald armor that, skin that he has, mm. um, which we don't own, but it's pretty cool, um, and it just, Xemnas really reminded me, that particular part of the fight actually reminded me that there is a person in there. He may not be a good person, he's, he's a really bad person, but he's a hot person. Not the point. <laughs> and you know I think he's hot. That's not the point. <laughs> anyway. The point is that this is a game where the monsters are human, yeah. and it's very strange to me, and I'm not used to it, and I like it, but... That part of the game was just weird. And also, Dream Drop confused the fuck out of me. I was super confused by Dream Drop. Yeah, me too, the first time I played and it. And you weren't telling me anything! You were not easing any of my confusion. I was I very confused. It's all your fault. Everything's my fault. Yes, yes. dear, it is. 
But I, I still think my favorite game is definitely Birth by Sleep. Yeah. That's my favorite game. Wayfinder Trio. They're Ugh. good. They're very I good. I love them. But that one also was another game with the, you know, the monsters are people. Because by the end of the, by the end of Aqua's route, at, at least for her, you're meant to look at Terra and go, oh my god, what's happened to you? And, well, you also fight, um... Terranort. Ven- no. Well, in the You fight Venetus. Yeah, Venetus. Okay, and Venetus is a whole other... No, I'm, I'm saying Venetus versus Vanitas. Yes, I know. No, I know, I'm saying that for the people who might not hear the pronunciation. Oh. And Venetus is when... Vet, when Ventus is, like, half, like, partway possessed or taken over by Vanitas. When they are wielding the Keyblade. Yeah. And that, and that was it's, interesting. It's basically Ven with, um... His heart yellow, restored. No, basically. he's got yellow eyes and he's wearing Vanitas's outfit. Right, which is an correctly. awesome look, frankly. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, that was another thing that was really interesting about that game in particular was that all of Aqua's monsters are people that she knows. Yeah. Every and, single one of them, including Xehanort. And you see that, too, in her fragmentary passage, in uh, Fragmentary Passage, because yeah, you, you get to the mirror part, and she's like, oh, well, because if you go through the wrong mirrors or you do something wrong in that part, you fight yourself, basically. Well, yes, you fight yourself, and there's also all these things like, these doubts and negative thoughts that keep echoing in her voice, and she's like, oh, is this the darkness come to take me, pretty much. It's like, it was really relatable for me, because all of Aqua's fears are that she or the people that she loves are going to turn into something monstrous. Yeah. Something evil. Yeah. And, um, I don't really remember what the original question was now, but, um... (laughs) But, um, we've gone kind of long, and I think that was a good discussion, though. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that that's gonna about do it for this week. Um, we're sorry about the dog. Yeah, we're sorry about the dog and any, us Any being potential gross. hard cuts from being sick and <laughs> having a smelly, disgusting animal living in our house. Yes. We love him very much, make no mistake. And we love you guys! Yeah. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We are on Facebook and Tumblr under Kingdom Hurts Podcast. We are on Twitter under Kingdom Hurts PC. And we are also on SoundCloud and, I mean... One, maybe I'll do a Gmail account for us for questions specifically, um, but not at this point. So, for now, hit us up on those three social media things. <laughs> I'm good at words. Thanks. And, are you okay? Mm-hmm. And we'll see you all next week, hopefully, if we're healthy, on time, and can keep up with things. So, yeah. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.